Welcome back to What the Fintech, your Fintech Feel Good Show. Uh, What the Fintech is a news and information platform covering the latest Fintech development in Hong Kong, Singapore, China, and Asia. Join us every week for an engaging conversation with one of the various tech uh, figures to discuss about entrepreneurship, emerging technologies, customer engagement, and partnerships. And today we have Lavin from Accelerate. How are you, Lavin? I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's a pleasure to see you here. You are someone who do a lot for Hong Kong ecosystems for many years, so I'm very happy and glad to have you here. It's my honor. For the people that don't know you, can you introduce yourself a bit quickly? Uh, where are you from? What have you done before? And how did you become an entrepreneur? Sure. Yeah, so originally a Hong Kong boy, but uh, went to the US to start my career in investment banking. Actually, I started working in a French investment bank. Um, it's called Lazard. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, a lot of things to learn. Really great time working in finance in New York. But I felt like I wanted to do something different. So... I uh, packed up my bags about five years ago, and I went to a world sabbatical. So I went to Africa, I went to South America, I went to West Europe, East Europe, Africa, and and all these different places combined, it it kind of taught me how beautiful the world is. And when I was in Africa, I I really felt like I found a calling, Mm -hmm. um, something very deeply spiritual and something very pure inside me to do things in education and and energy and healthcare. So uh, that's been kind of what I've been doing for the last few years. I've been running the uh, Accelerate Group. And the first venture we built was Accelerate. Uh, it's an ed tech platform. I'm sure you've heard of it. We're basically trying to solve the talent gap and, and talent challenges in, in key areas of tech, whether it's cyber, or data, um, blockchain, uh, cloud. You know, it's just really, really hard to find really good people. And a lot of companies are struggling also to keep their talent ready for the future. So it's really important for me to help future-proof workforces. Um, and recently we've started getting into crypto with our metaverse initiative mm-hmm. and uh, energy with our CarbonX initiative. So it's, it's pretty gratifying to build a variety of different things. Can we go maybe step by steps on your journey? Uh, sure. Because you start with Accelerate, right? Yes. And uh, can you explain a bit what is it? I saw many people going to your class. I went a few times on your yeah. uh, um, uh, floor on the building where you are. And I saw like maybe hundreds of students, <laughs> a lot of teachers. So maybe you can tell us a bit more about what you are doing there. Yeah, I think... Um, Listen, education systems have not evolved in 180 years. And the world we live in right now, you need very different types of people. In fact, you need hundreds of millions of people that have very different skill sets, whether it's like the, the, the key areas we mentioned. But it's not just the hard skills. It's also the soft skills. It's the way that they approach problems, right? Route-based memorization doesn't work. So for us, I want to try and invert the whole thing. What if your whole education was about what you could build? about what you could create, right? What if all the jobs you land are not about your resume, but about your projects? Mm-hmm. And so with all these different companies that we work with, we work with you know a thousand plus companies that are hiring our talent or are training their people. We've trained about 30,000 people. And it all started from one thing, which was how do I have the maximum impact on society, right? When I was in Africa, I had a chance to go build a school. And it was just beautiful because education is a very permanent thing, right? You take a, a young, struggling, fresh grad and then become a data scientist at I don't know, maybe DVS or something. And now it's a permanent change. They've evolved, they've upgraded themselves. They're also going to add a lot of value to their family. So that to me is very beautiful. And I think that lasting change is, 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 is something that really matters to me. I also saw like a lot of your students move from, for example, for banks to startups here in Hong Kong, but also sometimes they also upskill from a bank perspective. So they learn data science, yeah. UI, UX. Yeah. And uh, you also engage a lot of uh, startup expert to come as a teacher on your class or give uh, some lectures. Could you share a bit more about this? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, there's many companies out there that might focus on recruitment. There's many companies that might focus on education. Um, 
But I think for us, we wanted to blend the both. So whether you're someone that's already at a bank and you have to upskill and learn new skills, um, or whether you're someone that wants to go from a completely different space, maybe it's engineering, maybe you're an artist or a teacher and you want to get into cyber, uh, we want to make that process very, very simple, right? If you do that right now without us, it's like four years, go get a degree, maybe six months, 12 months to go find a job. And, you know, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. So what if you could shorten that times 10, right? Four months, you go from zero to hero and you go get a job with, you know, a top company like a Move or crypto.com and they're hiring you because of what you can do, mm-hmm. not because you went to a certain university or, or you studied something like English literature back in the day. And this sort of change that's happening is happening everywhere, right? All around the world, labor markets are getting really, really tight. And what needs to happen is that demand and supply imbalance for human capital needs to equalize. We need to help millions of people learn new skills, especially in Web3, and make sure that they're ready for the future. Because if we don't do that, then we're actually holding back innovation. We're actually holding back the proliferation of new technologies that could literally accelerate the human race. New things like quantum, new things like uh, cloud capture, carbon capture. Um, There's just so much out there that is ready to help society tackle some of the greatest challenges, whether it's climate change or equality. And I don't really think it's a technology problem. I think it's a human capital problem and we've got it all wrong when it comes to human capital allocation. So if we can reinvent some of those incentives and um, help people find new learning pathways and help companies solve their talent gaps, how do you become a city of the future when it takes you 10 months to hire a data scientist, right? You're just never going to move forward. So we want to solve that gap so these companies can then think, oh, how do I address my decarbonization goals or how do I help you know, build out new products that can add even more value to customers, especially across Asia? How do you um, draft and craft your, your classes, your, your, you know, the, the program you are developing? Uh, because this is your product, right? So yeah. how comes the idea of creating the product? How do you develop it? How, do you, how many interactions do you do before you, you go out with that class there? Yeah, I think, The most important thing when you're building products and services is to build from the heart, mm-hmm. to build from the soul. So, you know, back in the day, we would do all this market analysis and should we build this product? Should we build that product? Should we build it like this? And honestly, the more we started asking ourselves, are we building this for our heart, our soul? Like, is this something that we would want to use? Is this something that we would be proud to use? Is this something that we want to learn, right? That sort of question, and of course, is there value to companies? Is there open job vacancies? Are there companies that desperately need these skills, whether it's design thinking or, or again, like cyber? Yes, you can do all the research in the world, but if your heart and soul is not in it, then the product's going to be crap. But with that research and then, of course, having a sense of, well, this can help fill a lot of jobs in Hong Kong or Singapore, or this can help a lot of talent in, in, in different companies. The key thing for us is three things. One, Are we making sure that the way we're teaching it is project-based? Okay. We don't want to teach you theory. We don't want to teach you information. We want to make sure that you're building things. Learn by doing, right? You don't learn to ride a bicycle by watching a YouTube video on it. You actually go ride the cycle. <laughs> I think number two is really important for us is that it's social. It's interactive, right? A lot of what we do in theory and exam is like sit alone in an exam for two hours, That just doesn't work in the corporate environment, right? You have to work together. A data scientist got to work with a product manager and work with the CEO to craft, you know, the vision of how analytics might drive the roadmap of the product or the company culture. So we really want to have squads. We really want to make sure that everything is, is multidimensional and very social because that's what makes it very engaging. I think third, probably the most important to me is that do something good with it, right? 
you can learn all these skills and create a pump and dump in crypto, or you can learn all these skills in blockchain, for example, and um, help people, help society, help um, you know, do things that, that will positively impact everyone. And I think when people are more focused on that value creation element and um, way more focused on how can I create as much um, good for the world, then good things kind of come to them. Um, I have a question about your first um, um, you know, popular product or class that you have developed. Do you remember which one it was? Uh, how, like, I'll never forget. <laughs> which one was it? It was software engineering. Okay. So I was very, very young. I was just getting started as an entrepreneur. And um, it was my first ever course. I uh, had a lot of things to learn the hard way. But I think the lesson I really got was it was good to get it out there as a first MVP, as a prototype. And you can learn really fast. You can iterate really fast and make sure that you take rapid feedback loops. So it's never going to be perfect the first time, second time, even the fifth time, right? Five years later, we're still iterating on that first ever product. But the quality of the feedback loop, student liked it, student did not like this part, Mm -hmm. company hired this part of the software engineering program, company thinks this part is obsolete. Some people, they look at all the data and then their their minds just get uh, overwhelmed by it. But for us, it's let's make sure that's being translated into weekly and biweekly sprints. And we take that feedback very seriously. And then it, it almost feels like a game. It's fun, right? Okay, let's learn, let's grow, let's improve, let's get to the next level as opposed to failure. Oh, this was not good. And uh, how many students do you get since the beginning? Do you know the data? Yeah, the first ever course was 16 students. Okay, cool. And now, in total, if you accumulate all the numbers of the classes you got? Yeah, uh, we've trained about 35,000 people in the last five and a half years. Mostly in Hong Kong? uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, some in Malaysia, a few in Australia, and we're starting to open other markets. But it's very Asia-focused. And now, what what is a class the most popular that you got, or like the top two or top three that you got? I think... Design is very popular, design thinking. I think all CEOs should take a class in design thinking. Definitely, yes. <laughs> Empathy. Um, crypto and blockchains become very popular. So we do these things called train to hire where you get a badge and then that helps you guarantee yourself an interview or a job with a certain company. So it's kind of this like very cool. apprenticeships on demand, but the accelerate style and quickly get into jobs. Um, cyber is actually looking really powerful as well. So we, we signed one of the biggest partnerships of my life uh, with PwC a few weeks ago. Congratulations. They want to help hundreds of people go from young, fresh grad who's struggling, get a job at PwC. And all they got to do is pass the badge, get the certificate. And it's it's on their LinkedIn. It's Accelerate PwC Cyber School. It's accreditation. And most importantly, that skill is going to stay with them forever. Do you know if like some of your students come and find a job after this with your partners, basically? Uh, is it something easy? Is it something happening like quite often? Yeah, so we built a whole um, ecosystem and it's called Accelerate Jobs. Okay. And we have about a thousand companies on that. And so we just want to make it super easy, driven by technology, that as soon as you're finishing the course, your curriculum um, and what you've learned in a project is resembled. And I think the most important thing is if you can make that feedback loop between the company and what they need and the talent and what they have, very simple. They're interviewing through the platform, they're learning through the platform. Um, we have a lot of live mentors on oh, how to prepare for a coding challenge or how to succeed in an interview. So we just want to make that process very simple. Just very simple. That's it. Better, faster, cheaper, easy, simple, intuitive for the HR of these companies that are usually very busy. You have hundreds of applicants on other portals. You don't even know what you're looking at. You get 
you know, it's just a very messy process. And then on the talent side, it's also very demotivating that you're applying for all these jobs and I'm sure we've all been through it and you get rejected or you don't even hear back from like 95% of them. Yes. So why not make it all about that quality of interaction for a few very unique connections? And I think um, when you can have all of that data very public, we're very public. Look, all of our, 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 our jobs are public. You can see it. Anyone can see it. You don't need to log in, right? You can see what skills are most in demand. In data, it's not just data, right? There's data engineering, there's data analysis, there's machine learning. So you're able to triangulate the specific skill stack. We call them skill tags that are most useful for you. And that way you're able to match those skills to what the company needs. Very cool. Um, what is your business model for your companies? Because now you have a, an entire ecosystem, so maybe you have different business model coming onto the, onto yeah. the plan, right? I think for us, um, I always try to think about One third, one third, one third. So can we get the consumer to pay one third of the education cost? Okay. Can we get the employer who normally would have spent a lot of money, time, effort on recruiting people to pay something? And then can we use government support, right? So when we go do large enterprise partnerships um, in Hong Kong or Singapore, we're able to help these companies get a lot of government support. And I think that spreads it out. You look at America right now, the onus is all on the student and then you have 10 years of student debt and interest expense and people just feel really sad it doesn't make sense you look at some places where the university degree is completely free but then it's not valued right because everyone has it um you look at some things where the company has to pay a very large recruitment cost and then decides not to and then they're spinning their wheels for a lot longer than they need to so i don't think it's one stakeholder who's responsible for the quality and the quantity of the university um, graduate, I think it's multiple people. Educators, you know, government, um, the employers, and the actual individual, the consumer. So all of us together have to take an active role because this human capital really matters, right? Imagine a world where you have hundreds of thousands of more people doing data science and in, 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 in life sciences and genomics, right? That is kind of why the COVID vaccine was, was um, accelerated, We were able to have really smart people in small squads using really interesting technologies to build CRISPR and genomics. Um, the same will apply to things like climate change, right? So human capital and the quality of that human capital and how it's allocated, incentivized, I actually think is, is, is very crucial for us to get right in order for us as a species to evolve. Um, what distinguishes your company compared to your competitors or other startups doing education and helping like, people to find a job? Yeah, I think um, I try to learn from everyone. I respect everyone that's doing anything, right? Building a company is hard. Mm -hmm. Let me repeat that. Building a company is really hard. But anyone who's out there who's doing anything in education, I respect you and I salute you. Um, I don't have anything to say bad about anyone. I think for us, what really matters is we go the depth Right When you go do a blockchain program, you can do something on a, on a Coursera or an online workshop or an offline um, meetup. You do your initial you know, intro to smart contracts. How much of that is actually retained? So for us, if we're going to do a blockchain program, why not have it so that over the course of however many times it takes, it might take you three years, it might take you three months to finish it, but it's zero to hero. And you could basically go and build an entire dApp, right? And then you can go get a job with an amazing company. So for me, it's all about that depth. I really believe in transformation. It's almost like you look at um, 
the way nature works, right? And a, a worm evolved into a butterfly. So for some companies, they might be very good at getting breath. Like a Coursera has 500 million people that have signed up for at least a $10 course. And that's their business model. Totally respect it. For us, it's maybe we won't have 500 million people, but we'll have depth, right? Of those that are taking our courses, we want to see um, them really using their skills. We want them to use Accelerate Jobs. So they're getting jobs. Um, and then within those jobs, they're even using the Accelerate platform to hire more from us or use uh, different partnerships with us so that they can upskill their talent in their companies so that their companies can go solve their key problems. So I think the key thing for us is depth. We want to go very, very deep on things. Um, you mentioned the company has also like uh, offices in Singapore and other countries. How big is your company right now? Where are you based? And how do you proceed with the company to, you know, share the DNA and the value that you got uh, since the beginning and you share it with your new employees and current employees that you got since a couple of years already? Yeah, I'm very grateful. I think uh, every company goes through ups and downs, but I'm, I'm tremendously grateful. I feel very blessed to be in the position I am. And uh, we've evolved and started off just a couple of people five years ago. And now we've got about 50 staff in, in multiple offices. I like having a lean team. I don't think uh, for for the work that we do, and I think uh, for a lot of very, very high-quality companies, it's not about having hundreds of staff, right? Maybe that's a traditional way of looking at it, but you look at things like code, um, content. These are very, very highly leverageable tools. So you don't actually need that big of a team. You need the right people with the right skills who are motivated with the right incentives and the right vision, But a 50-person team, the key thing for me is we're looking for people that aren't here for uh, the paycheck, right? We're looking for people that have a strong sense of mission, a strong sense of agency and purpose. Hey, we're the Accelerate Group. We're here to help, you know, solve some really great challenges in education and energy and healthcare. And we really want to help 100 million people, right? That's really the overarching vision. Can we accelerate, you know, 100 million people's lives over the next however many years and make sure that that life that we improve, it's very sustainable. It's very tangible, right? Yes, I could maybe give 100 million people a $10 course and they watch a little video. That to me is not substantial. It's, there's no substance there. But if all those people are, are learning and earning through the Metaversity Initiative and they're all going and getting jobs, for example, um, they're finding new ways to decarbonize at certain companies, that to me is very sustainable and, like I said, depth and substance. Uh, before we speak about your uh, Metaversity and uh, Decarbonize project, um, quick question as well. Do you know if like some of the students that come to your class come yeah. back for another class later or some of the company who bring students to your class will also recommend those guys to come back for another class? Yeah. Um, typically what happens is we'll have people go through a, a journey. Right? Mm -hmm. Everything's a journey. So you might do a full-on program, go get a job, Six months later, you'll do a micro course. And then three months later, you might be a mentor and do a workshop. So everything is, is, is almost like a seasonality where certain people you're doing deep courses, certain people you're doing breath for interest, and certain people you're just doing mentoring, coaching, and workshops. So I think all of them kind of compound together into a learning journey. The Accelerate platform that we're trying to build is all in one. It's a full stack. It's everything included. So Hopefully, over the long term, if you think of a, a Spotify, you don't go anywhere else for your podcasts and your music and your playlists and your artists. It's all in one place. Same with Netflix, right? You typically just go there. It's your all-in-one app for entertainment. Where's your all-in-one app for education to employment, right? Your career, your skills, your mentors, your badges, your credentials, your rewards, um, 
your leaderboard with your friends, your projects, um, your learnings, your mentoring, you know, all of that we can just capture in one place and then it becomes a relationship between you and yourself. Accelerate is really then a platform and an environment for you to accelerate to the best version of yourself, the most ultimate version of yourself over the next 20, 25 years. You need a new job, it's through the platform. You need a, a mentor that will teach you about a certain thing in, in design thinking, he's available right now, right? You want to go deep in that topic? Great, the next course starts next week, right? You're ready to go from design thinking to product manager, which is very, very, very hard to find and very in demand. Well, you need a whole deep dive course, three-month course, also available next semester. So doing all of these, this full-stack platform and having the employment side is basically trying to create a network effect. More companies on our platform, more students on our platform, they're able to add a lot of value to each other. And there's definitely a lot of crossover. Students that might have gone in, got a job, and they come back, and then they're able to go learn another thing. We really just believe in lifelong learning, right? Anyone who, who thinks that, oh, you've learned everything you've got from university and that's that, you're in for not a very good career. But yourself included, myself included, if we're just learning all the time and we're very intentional about how we're learning, absorbing, and just, just squeezing out as much information synthesis as possible, I think that's what makes us very powerful as leaders and contributors. Amazing. Um, you spoke about, about, uh, a lot about Metaverse and Decarbonize. Maybe we can spend a, a bit more time right now to just explore what is Metaverse City, especially because uh, you shared with me some information about it before this call, and, uh, and also about Decarbonize because this is a big thing right now for everyone's right. Um, so yeah, uh, could you share a bit more with us? Yeah, so I've had the immense privilege of building Accelerate over the last five years, and I think one of the things that was really clear to us is Web3 is here to stay now. I know people have, have made money, people have lost money, but I'm not here to talk about the actual tokens and coins. I'm here to talk about the actual blockchain technology. When you imagine a world where millions of people, hopefully 100 million people, now have access to education because they're being paid to learn, i.e. learn to earn, that to me is a very exciting and, and, and promising future. Whether you're someone in the Philippines or Vietnam, you may not be able to afford a $5,000 US dollar online course with a, you know, Harvard online school. But what if there was a way that you could earn 20, 50, 100 US dollars a day by learning and doing quests on behalf of some crypto protocols? And this idea of learn to earn really came to me when I thought, well, there's move to earn. There's, um, you know, all sorts of new things coming out. There's play to earn. And they found what we call tokenomics um, in a way that helped the user get a lot of accrual of value. Now you have to get it sustainable and it's very hard and it remains to be seen how it's done. But I think for us with learn to earn the value, especially what I saw five, six years ago in Africa, the value in giving access and democratizing access to everyone is just so beautiful. It's like, I, I can't even express it in words. It's, it's just so powerful to think, well, all these people who were never part of the global economy because of education, mm -hmm. something that simple, because they couldn't afford it. What? Really? You'd be surprised how many people can't afford it. But if we can democratize it, then we're actually pushing the human race forward, hence the name Accelerate. And I think the learn-to-earn element, yes, you get paid to learn. Yes, it's pretty cool and exciting. But I think the key thing when you're doing the learn-to-earn is that you replace the idea of a resume. Every single time you're learning something, it's captured on a blockchain. So your identity and your reputation is more important than your resume. 
Are you the sort of person that's waking up at 5.30 every morning to go study and learn something? And it's credentialized, right? That credential is on your public metaversity decentralized identifier. So you're able to see very clearly that this sort of person is very interesting, very curious, always trying to learn, always trying to grow. You know, when you're a hiring manager, you're a CEO, and you're looking at two different candidates, and they both have the same degree from the same university, how do you tell the difference, right? A resume is very static. It's very one single point of information. This thing is dynamic. You could on Metaversity see last night, right before the interview, who is learning more about your company, right? And I think that element of reputation equalizes and democratizes the playing field. Um, what are the challenges of creating this kind of uh, Metaversity project? Uh, is it something related to talent? Is it something related to tech? Is it something related to partners that you have? Yeah, we have a prototype out right now. And I think... Uh, Building, building things in the metaverse um, in Web3, it's a very fun challenge, right? It's definitely not easy. And I think you have to learn really fast and the pace at which the industry moves. For some people, it's overwhelming. I find it to be an incredibly enlightening challenge. Like, wow, that's awesome how hard it is. And I think with metaversity, the hardest part is, yes, we have some protocols. Yes, we have some trial users, How do we in a world, and I think this applies to business owners all over the world, no matter what you're in, how do you differentiate noise and signal, right? It's not no longer what should I do. It's also just as important to get the opposite right, which is what should I not do? You're getting pulled into all sorts of directions, right? Five, six years ago, I didn't know how to run a business. No one knew about me. I just get just getting started, but now... You know, there's a lot of different things. There's a lot of opportunities. I'm very grateful, but it also means you have to be even more razor focused. You have to spend time in solitude and just alone and just think, okay, what next? What next? What's important? And that's not a once a quarter or once a year thing. That's a daily thing because things are changing so fast. And it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like you're, you're navigating a ship and you can only see like 1% forward. It's, it's so dark. You don't know where you're going. You can just see a tiny light. I think the most important thing is how are you just taking that next step? Because everything is uncertain. Everything's changing. All the variables change tomorrow. All the landscape, all the macro, all the micro, all your team dynamics, all the customer dynamics, all the incentives, everything changes every day. So 99% of all the information you have is relatively uncertain. So we have to learn to get really good I think this is more mental and emotional than anything else. Very good at being certain with the uncertainty. Mm. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> um, so you're on prototype phase right now. And what is the next step for you to develop this project even more and go for maybe a, a Alpha One or Live Solutions? Yeah, so we're in the testnet phase right now. It's already live and it's pretty gratifying to see that, you know, as a concept, it's getting really good response from people. And right now with some of our initial partners, we're testing out, hey, you know, 50, 100 students, what if we give you 50 US dollars to go learn something about crypto options or crypto derivatives? Basically trying to take some people's um, marketing budgets, which are usually spent in, in a variety of very usual tactics, right? Whether it's airdrops, um, NFTs, giveaways, ads, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, I think the average human being is probably just bombarded with all these ads and I think they're getting desensitized to it. So for us, it was, why don't you just pay people to learn about your brand and then they become a better user. And if they're a better user, then you're going to build more revenue and more transaction volume from them long-term. So if I had, you know, 
$100,000 and I could spend that on airdrops and I'm going to have, you know, thousands and thousands of signups, but those guys are just here for that quick airdrop and they leave. What's the point of that? That's a very, very poor ROI. And in a bull market, that's fine, but in a bear market, probably not. If I use that $100,000 and, you know, minus the transaction fee, I give the majority of that out to users. And let's say I'm a, you know, a, a company that's offering a DeFi protocol. They have to learn. They have to understand what DeFi is. Okay, they get $10. Once they open an account with me, they get another $10. Okay, when they make their first DeFi staking, they get another $20. Okay, so as they're watching the video and they're learning more about this protocol and they join your Discord, another $20. So you're basically rewarding very, very high quality users to take your platform seriously, power users. And so it's almost like Excel, right? Imagine if I had a budget for 100,000 people to get 1,000 people in Excel, I could spend it on ads and then, yeah, maybe more people will download it, use it for a day and then leave. Or I could train, you know, 1,000 people really, really well, make sure they get a reward. They know how to use the ins and outs of Excel and they're going to tell everyone about it. So it's a different way to look at marketing. Whether or not learn to earn becomes the next big thing, learn fi, it's a gamble. Um, it's almost like an adventure, but I think for us, it's, it's very cutting edge stuff. It's very ahead of the game. It's very innovative. And I think, you know, your job as a leader, as a CEO, is to kind of think and build and, and work on things that are three, five years ahead of where the company is right now. Do you see a lot of excitement about uh, LearnFi right now on the market? And do you see like big groups going to develop some platforms or partnering with companies like you? We've got some really big names that we're partnering with, and um, I have to wait a little bit before they get announced. But yeah, you'll see. There, there's a lot of really good things coming our way, and some very big names are, are, are supporting this. I think for all the excitement out there, we try to manage expectations, and we just say, let's do pilots, and let's make sure that we can prove to you our ROI. And there's no point when you build a lot of hype, and then there's no substance. So I think you have to do everything step by step. But um, I believe it'll be exponential, right? Once 10 people, 10 protocols, you know, a few hundred users see the value, then I think it really starts to spread. And the good thing is if you build it as a permissionless sort of infrastructure build, then it becomes very easy to scale it. And I'm really excited to go learn how to build things that scale at that level and localize it to different markets. Did you develop everything yourself, or did you choose to leverage on the platforms like, like uh, Polkadot or um, Ethereum, so another, you know, Solana or other platforms? Yeah, so we're interoperable, and our first testnet is built on Polygon, okay. but we have to make sure our proof-of-learn algorithm is working on different platforms. And so eventually we'll roll it out onto others like Algorand or, or what have you. I think the key thing for us is... We have to go where the demand is. We have to go where the user value creation is. And it's never really a tech challenge or a tech solution. An engineering thing It's really what does the customer value? People aren't paying for the technology, right? They couldn't care less, really. Does it work? Okay. Do I get a good reward? Yeah. Is it gamified? Is it a good dynamic? Am I enjoying my time there? Is it some boring class or is it something engaging with all my friends? We're on a quest to build the best versions of ourselves and then I'm earning all these credentials. I'm earning all these badges. I'm able to build a reputation. I'm able to build my NFT avatar. I'm able to interact with real firms and get real jobs. I mean, the amount of opportunity in Web3 and the number of millions, if not hundreds of millions of jobs that will be available in Web3 is mind boggling. 
And if we rely on traditional education systems to get us there, then we're going to be waiting for a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the time is now, Eddie. Time <laughs> is now. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, do you face any challenge to work with this large company on the crypto or the banking industry or the technology companies when you're working with them? Or is it easy for you to you know, include them into your ecosystem that you have developed already? Yes and no, right? You can be of the mindset that, wow, this is so difficult. And, you know, a lot of people at large companies, especially the best protocols, they're really busy, right? And you can have the greatest conversations, but follow through, getting things to the finish line, pilots, proof of pilots, getting that forward. I'd say one of the biggest things is just having optimism and persistence because, you know, enterprise partnerships are notoriously all about follow-ups, things slip through the crack. And, you know, the sense of urgency is very different. If you're a startup, right, even if I was 10x bigger, I'd still call ourselves a startup. But if you're a startup, your urgency is, hey, do you want to meet for coffee tomorrow? And then the large HR or, or, or the large uh, organizational unit is, oh, yeah, I'm jammed for the next four weeks and I have my, you know, holiday and then I have my board meeting. So how about next month? So the sense of urgency, one, is very different. And then two, you need to ask yourself, are you, you know, spending time with the right person? Each organization is very different. So it's almost like a puzzle and you should try, at least try to enjoy it because it's not fun sometimes. You win some, you lose some, but if you're enjoying it, then it doesn't really matter. It's just a game. Um, I want to ask you, Because like you just mentioned about university and uh, uh, financial institutions being slow sometimes to, uh, you know, to collaborate with you or just to meet you and, 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 and see the opportunities that they got when they, they work with you. But when we come to Hong Kong, we speak about uh, FinTech 2025. There's a lot of noise about it. So, uh, and, you, and you train a lot of talent to upskills to uh, the new technology, data, uh, cybersecurity. Um, how do you come to over, you know, overtake those challenges, those orders? How do you bring the value to them and just open their eyes to work with you? I always like this uh, show, don't tell. So don't take my word for it, right? Mm -hmm. You can believe whether or not Accelerate helps people get jobs or you can go on jobs.accelerate.co right now and you'll see that there's companies that are hiring right now and there's students and talents even outside of Accelerate who've never even taken courses who are getting master jobs as we speak, right? So show, don't tell. Metaversity is a really ambitious project. We're literally trying to build a university at the metaverse and help 100 million people learn and earn. That's a really, really cool moonshot idea. Are we going to get there? I don't know, but... <laughs> Rather than stress about it, I'm just going to focus on building the prototype, getting my first you know, million users, getting my first uh, set of protocol partners, and make sure that the value creation is shown. I'm not trying to tell you. I'm just trying to show you. You're a user. You can go create an account right now, log in, earn some cash, and see for yourself. And the more you can look at the data for that, oh, you're having a churn problem, you're having a top of the funnel problem, then the more you're... you're, you're objective and you're based on reality your decisions your your emotions are grounded in reality you're not thinking about why didn't this person get back to me that's petty stuff right we don't have time for that why didn't get back to you well you're not adding enough value right if you're adding that much value then obviously they get back to you mm -hmm. so don't sit there and cry about it right improve yourself get better improve it 
Except uh, Metaverse City, do you have any um, new project coming into your ecosystem of uh, of of, of, uh, of projects that you got right now uh, in the next six months or one year time within the education space? Um, or everything related to what you are doing in Total because you are doing jobs, education, and the and the Metaverse right now, right? Yeah, I think um, one of the key areas that I really became a lot more passionate about was ESG and climate. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the CEO of it, but uh, within our group, the Accelerate group, we've installed a CEO uh, to run the CarbonX division. And it's pretty incredible because I love seeing, you know, young first-time founders and CEOs evolve, grow, mentor, and build their own teams. And I think within ESG and climate, there's a big, big part of it is education. So we're starting to educate governments. We're starting to educate very large enterprises with everything around climate finance, climate change, ESG, diversity, you know, greenwashing, all those different things. And then the goal of CarbonX is that once these uh, large institutions are educated, then we can help them better, faster, cheaper. It's almost like a pinduoduo for uh, decarbonization and ESG. So we can help them get the right solutions and implement it. So I think when you when you start to build multiple business units and divisions, you have to make sure that everything is synergistic. I think the last business unit that I'm very passionate about is trained to hire. So it's a combination of recruitment, it's a combination of education, it's trained to hire. You go to a company like a PwC and say, Could you go to a university and get 500 cyber consultants? Probably not. Could you go to a recruiter and, and poach from everywhere 500 cyber consultants? Probably not, right? But could you build this apprenticeship program and it's like an online badge, like a cyber badge, and you know thousands of people can do it, but the top 500 are guaranteed jobs and interviews and interviews um, with, with an amazing institution like PwC? then it's a long-term partnership. We're helping build the entire workforce. So if we can do it with the PwC, why can't we do it with the government? Right? Why can't we promote life sciences, for example, in Hong Kong? People don't realize this, but the listing rules here for biotechs is, is better than anywhere in the world, really. But everyone comes, they list here, and then they go you know, build their talent base somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's kind of surprising, right? When you think about life sciences and health, that there's more publications in Hong Kong universities than a lot of other places. So we've got a lot of groundbreaking research here, but we don't have the human capital, right? If we had the human capital, we could be a Silicon Valley of Asia. So I think when you're solving things like that, then you can start to use that same model of thinking for new and upcoming technologies, whether it's IoT, whether it's um, you know carbon capture technology, whether it's quantum, whether it's you know robotics, Because we're about to unleash a new wave of what it means to be human. And I find it fascinating because a lot of people are very pessimistic. There's anxiety, there's stress, there's politics, there's inflation, there's wars. But if you look past all that, we're living in one of the greatest times ever to be human. It's a gift to be alive right now because so many new technologies are coming up. And it's up to us to either be passive observers of that new future or to bend reality to some degree and create that future. We are close to the end of this interview, so I would like to ask a couple of questions just about you. Uh, you. You just mentioned what's next for your company, but what's next for you? For me personally? Yes. Oh, like, I mean, like in terms of entrepreneurs, I know you have an entrepreneur club. Sometimes you meet with uh, 200 entrepreneurs as well. So you do yeah, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny because it just started as a side project, right? Going, going through the ups and downs of being a founder, I feel like I couldn't really talk about it 
with my, my friend circle at the time. So I wanted to go talk to founders, right? And we could be very real with each other. Some of these uh, entrepreneur meetups, how is it going? Oh, it's all great. How's it going? Oh, it's so great, right? Everything's so great. Let's be real. It's not always going great. There are some times when things are absolute shit, right? And so when you can be honest with people and vulnerable and authentic and some of the, the most respected founders and CEOs that I know, right, in Founder Circle and, and beyond that, we've all got our own challenges. And it adds a, a sense of authenticity. It adds a sense of genuineness and trust. So building Founder Circle for me was just something on the side that I really wanted. And it goes back to what you said. You know, how do we build products? I just try to think about what is it that I would want? Well, I would want a very authentic founder circle. And overnight, you know, within a few months, it grew from like five people to almost 200 now. And all the members are really, really great CEOs, great founders, great people, great friends, great mentors. And I just feel tremendously grateful that this this circle has kind of evolved. It's now opening in multiple cities. And we can all as founders kind of help each other grow and become more legendary and become more successful as not just CEOs making profit, but also as contributors to society. That is really important. Um, where people can learn more about you? Do you have any blogs? Do you do some articles on your website of your company? Or do you have any, um, I don't know, like a podcast that you go through or you know interviews on the yeah. newspaper i think linkedin is best um i i announce when we're launching new projects new initiatives on linkedin and um yeah i like to connect with people on linkedin i just want to focus on one platform that for me is linkedin um in terms of recruitment do you recruit people right now and yeah. if yes do you do, does they have to contact you directly or they have to contact someone taking care of hr in your company yeah we have a recruitment team so if they shoot us a note then uh, the appropriate person will reach out um i got a question for you because i speak about this with a lot of entrepreneurs coming here uh, do you still spend still sometimes every weeks to do recruitment to speak with candidate to see if it's the right fit for your company or have you delegated this to, uh, to another team I think it's important for founders to always be speaking to their people, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, there's like a sense of a gap or delusion. And I think um, if you can come and always speak to new candidates, even if it's not now, one month, six months, 12 months, two years later, that's happened to me. Just build a relationship. Nothing. Just, hey, let's have a coffee. Let's just get to know each other. What drives you? What drives me? Do we have value alignment, Right. I think um, a lot of times because we run a talent company, I have all sorts of friends and founders. They're always hiring for talent. So sometimes if I may not hire them, it's like, oh, you should speak to him or you should speak to her. That to me is very rewarding to uh, connect people and make sure that they create great opportunities um, for themselves. Good. Do you have any recommendation for books or podcasts that you listen sometimes um, for listeners here? It can be about entrepreneurship. It can be about culture. It can be about anything. I um I really like everything around um stoicism and you know stillness. There's an author that I, I really respect. His name is Kapil Gupta. Um he has a lot around conquering the mind. He's written a lot of books around, you know, Atma Moon, which is the Sanskrit word for, for bliss, for peace. And I think one of the key things I learned from him is that your work isn't just about money, prestige, reputation, am I a unicorn? But it's really a way for you to discover yourself. It's really a, a vessel almost for you to shine light on to those around you and shine light on to society. So it's almost like a craft, right? And, and then I really try to learn and read a lot about flow state, 
So flow state is where your brain is, is in theta waves and you're operating, you know, 700% more efficiently and you're just not bothered by things, right? doesn't matter if your company is up, up or down this month. doesn't matter if, um, you know, someone comes or someone goes. If you're just in an eternal state of bliss, peace, I'm not there yet. If you understand your mind, if you understand all the silly things it does, right? I'm not talking about your, your prefrontal cortex, which is like the creative humanistic element, but the limbic system, the thing that within us is, is almost animalistic and monkey. And it does all sorts of stupid shit, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know this, right? Don't need to talk about it on the podcast. But if you can learn to control and, and master your mind, I think to me that is a very, very powerful pursuit. And any book that kind of shows you um, any podcast, any mentor, right? I think you can learn from all different ways. Um, any book, podcast, mentor that can allow you to, to learn from it or even your own personal experience, I think uh, go for it. You know, just follow that curiosity and really try and be the observer of your mind. Thank you very much. Um, do you want to share maybe your LinkedIn with people or your email if they want sure. to reach out to yeah. you? Yeah, uh, my LinkedIn is very public and uh, just Levine Hemlani. Perfect. So it's a, it was a great interview. I was really happy to have you here today. Uh, thank you for accepting to come for this interview. And uh, I wish you a good summer in the ahead because I know you're traveling to different countries right now. Yeah. So sounds exciting for you. Sounds great. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Thank you for watching or listening this episode. Uh, I will see you after the break of this summer. And uh, please take care of yourself and see you in September. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>